that. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Your show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Jim Rutledge with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. I'm alongside former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. You heard him earlier in the day. We got a lot to get into today. We are brought to you in part by Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. I was out there, uh, met with Dan and Aaron. Today, looks like I might be getting a, a new Silverado. If you're in the market for a new Chevy truck, I recommend Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience with those guys. Pat, how are you doing today? Doing great, Jim. Sounds like you're hard on those trucks. You've been pushing pretty hard. Yeah, you know me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just pushing the trucks hard. Uh, Pat, I wanted to start today's show with uh, Wisconsin quarterback, this is a tweet from Dar- Darren Ravel. Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz is the first active college athlete to go file for a trademark to a logo. Uh, following came into the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office's systems today. Uh, Mertz plans to put the logo on clothing, name, image, and likeness starts. Pat, I didn't think it would be a badger that started first, but it's not shocking. No, I think uh, one thing about Graham, he's been very positive and a very uh... – you know, confident kid, and he's, uh, I think, hoping to have a big-time year. And uh, so I, I think it's uh, probably something that, you know, you, you by registering it, you protect yourself regardless of what happens, and it could be forever. The question is, you know, whether you got the right logo or not. I've heard some things about different you know, logos that have been seen but not registered yet, and some of them are kind of laughable, I guess. But uh, I haven't seen the uh, grams, but uh, certainly uh, – with GM, you got you can work around that with pretty pretty. It looks good a little bit like the Transformer like logo, Pat. Uh, it doesn't look bad, but it does look a lot like the old Transformer cartoon logo because the G and the M kind of <laughs> interlock with each other. It's the lettering of the G and the M. Well, that'll be depend on who you get to do the graphics because that'll probably do right down the same path that they're used to and doing uh, different things, whether it's uh, you know, Marvel or whatever it might be. But uh, this is just the, the shot over the bow. I mean, this is what's going to start uh, everything rolling. There's so much out there. I mean, it's incredible in terms of how much uh, work needs to get done and what the NCAA has done or not done in terms of uh, trying to get registered, uh, the, the schools registered, and in terms of uh, are they going to, you know, kind of be play it tough in that regards and uh, be involved? Are they going to sit back? The state legislature versus the federal legislature uh, legislation. I mean, all that stuff is going to be played out. And it's, I think it's going to be a mess before it's all sorted out. I mean, this could, this could take a good while. And the thing that really amazes me, I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but uh, one thing that they've said, and I still can't untwist, uh, untangle this kind of a situation, says that the, supposedly you're not be able to use uh, the NIL business and legislation and the opportunity to make money on your name based on performance. I mean, that seems to be so unrealistic. It just seems like this is the NCAA all over again. I mean, how, why in the world is anybody going to do something for for an athlete that has is, is not got a good performance or is All-American or, or being most valuable player or a quarterback or someone like that? It just seems unrealistic to not uh, put that into the equation. I mean, that's how it's all going to start. I mean, you're just not going to call up Joe Jones and say, 
say, let me have a, an individual to to uh, do a commercial for me, and I, I don't care who it is, and uh, I'll pay him X amount of dollars. That just seems uh, just really outside the bounds of any kind of comprehension and, and, and sensibility in my mind. Yeah, Pollyanna of like, oh, we're just going to pretend that people are doing this out of the goodness of their heart to support the student-athlete side of things. I forgot what I was listening to when someone talked about the idea, and they are student-athletes, but look, revenue comes first. I mean, they do a lot for these these student-athletes, but you know, the March Madness tournament is during school days, and there's uh, you know these basketball games are at night, and the kids are traveling everywhere. They do what they can for them, but there is a business side of things uh, with all of that. But, Pat, setting that aside, I think this name and likeness side of things is the best foot forward for the NCAA. So they should be doing everything possible to make sure that this is the business model because if the NCAA, and we don't know what's going to happen after the Supreme Court ruling, but Judge Kavanaugh kind of mentioned that the NCAA kind of violates antitrust laws, the NCAA doesn't want to be in a position where they're having to cut out checks or massive checks to these players for uh, you know, likeness and things like that. If people in the community through social media or advertising, things like that, can pay these athletes, I think that'll break out pretty even. I think there's plenty of uh, non-revenue generating sports that can get dollars. I mean, whether it's for trick kicks in soccer or some impressive rowing or volleyball tricks, like there's money to be made for non-traditional sports as well. Well, you kind of went a little bit of a path in terms of uh, sorting this whole thing out, and that's the question of is it based on the team, is it based on, on the NCAA, the NCAA rules, the state rules? And that's the problem that they're having is that they right now have kind of indicated that they wanted to put things in place and get some get some words and language in there and things like this. And and I think that the that their opportunity for them to do that is is okay. It's good if it's a clearinghouse. But that what you just said leads me to believe is saying okay now who's going to approve all these deals? I mean if they're going to be a clearinghouse and hold the money and or is it going to be held by the school and distributed that way? They're going to have to have some rules to hold that. Who's going to negotiate the contract? Who's going to say that it's this is legit? It's fine to say you're going to hold the money and distribute it, but the question is going to be who made the decision that this was a legitimate opportunity to make money under your name, image, and likeness versus not the sort of thing that they're thinking of. So there's just a massive amount of legislation that's got to be determined by the NCAA and rulemaking and things like this. And they almost some, somewhat times sometimes seem to be not wanting to get involved in that part of it. And so it, it, it's, it's all well and good and everything else to have somebody do that, but you got to have a willing partner, not somebody just going to sit there and, okay, we'll, we'll distribute this out. We'll write checks and we'll get a percentage on that because that's probably what they're looking for is how, how can they get their fingers into the pie a little bit with respect to the monies that are going to be generated. Yeah. And I, I would think that, and I'm sure there's you know, a business model that the NCAA should be looking at, which would be similar to what the NFL and Major League Baseball does, where, look, you want the team name, you got to pay the school, you got to pay the team. Uh, player wants to go do their own thing. Player can negotiate their own scenario. Because, in theory, it's nice to have maybe protection and uh, pieces that could keep the athletes safe and keep some of the, the sanctity of the NCAA safe as far as super teams and things like that. But not saying that excuse me, Alabama or UCLA or any of those schools pay their athletes. But the top athletes go there regardless of getting paid or not or endorsement opportunities. There's only so many spots. There's still plenty of good players to go around that I think plenty of schools can compete 
in a free market for the name and likeness for these players. I think it. I think the NCAA is going to open themselves up for more lawsuits if they try to get involved in almost being, like you said, a clearinghouse or involved in redistributing this money. I, I think they're going to have to find a way to let these players handle this name and likeness on their own. Yeah, and there's another thing to just point up in terms of uh, getting involved, NCAA involved. At what stage do they become uh, student-athletes at the institution? If they say, okay, for example, is, is it going to say that I've got to submit my list of uh, opportunities to, uh, to XYZ person at the, uh, at the NCAA, and then they've got to certify that before I can, can go to the institution, or is the institution going to say, here are opportunities that you can have coming to our institute. That's a real thing. It's going to be a real tough thing to put back in the bottle. Is just saying, okay, you come out, you, just, you can just see it right now. I mean, we mentioned about money. Uh, we, I think we're, we're naive to think that there's no money passed around. We saw recent uh, legal things uh, just determined and sentences given out and, and, and fines and suspensions and things like this, and that all of a sudden the, the schools are not going to do it differently right now. They, they do what they kind of want, and everybody's on the same footing. And now it's just going to be a nightmare to say, to go, to go to Alabama and say, okay, what opportunities do you have for me? Well, da, 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 da. Is that based on somebody coming out of high school? Is that not based on some kind of, some kind of uh, ability proven by being a recruitable student athlete? That's the part that just kind of boggles the mind as you think you're going to try to do this thing with respect to the student athletes coming out of high school. What, who establishes that marketplace based on their notoriety, based on their ability? And that's the thing that they say they don't want it to tie it together. It doesn't make any sense. I think you could say that a lot of things for the NCAA. I think that's kind of basically how the Supreme Court walked away from the NCAA's arguments uh, for keeping the current system in place was that this doesn't make any sense. All you're saying is that we've always done it like this, so this should just stay. Uh, the NCAA seems to need a wake-up call that I would assume they have gotten already, just the idea of they need to figure out a way to make Sure, they can operate in the modern way things are going. And this is not a, a shot at, at Barry Alvarez, but I, this is probably part of the reason where he said, now I'm stepping away because this is going to be a, a decade-long or at least five to ten-year-long transition that he doesn't want to hand off to someone off right in the middle of. And so now Mac walks into this, but at least Mac's got a long runway uh, and a longer career left in front of him to try to take these things head-on and figure out how to navigate for Wisconsin. Yeah, and, and I think with respect to the NCAA, uh, they are they're, they're not cohesive in terms of their opportunities or, or relationships. And the NCAA basically is made up of institutional schools, and certainly we'd be uh, foolish to think that uh, certain schools pull more weight than others. And uh, and I think that you know the, the whole business about writing rules. What's an appropriate ad? Is it an appropriate ad for a, a tavern, for example, a restaurant, car dealerships? Sure, some of those make a lot of sense, but there are some that you just don't want to do it. And there's also going to be bumping up against the relationships of the uh, the institution with their own uh, uh, monies that are generated by advertising and things like this. And so, and and what happens if you just say, well, no, you can't do it? Well, later on, somebody say, well, he prevented me from gaining some opportunities because you were involved. And also the fact is, are there any lawsuit potentials out there for, for, for once the Supreme Court says you can do this thing, saying, wait a minute, you, you prevented me back here. We can go back. How far back does it go? Is it retroactive? Is it pro- proactive? I mean, they're going to have to shut the door here somewhere. Otherwise, uh, 
I might be able to get in there about uh, Yee's Cafe when I was in school, the restaurant we used to go to all the time. Who knows where it stops? Because it's, it's a question of where is it prospective or retroactive? That's going to be a big question. There's going to be a lot of questions as this goes along. Pat, we're going to take a break here. We'll have uh, Barry Richter on to talk hockey with you, Pat. And we're also going to do Sounds of the Week brought to you by Cinnamon Chevy in Mount Hope. This show is brought to you in part by Gruber Law Offices. If you or a loved one has been injured in an accident, there's only one call to make. Gruber Law Offices, one call. That's all. We're on the Bucks Championship Run because we're on Wisconsin Sports. Madison's home for every Bucks postseason game is 100.5 ESPN. Ortho team at Stoughton Health can help you get back in the game. From student athletes to weekend warriors, the Ortho team at Stoughton Health is there when you need them. Learn more at StoughtonHealth.com. Stoughton Health, creating excellence together. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. We have uh, news coming in as I'm going to cut that off here. Breaking news uh, brought to you by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealer. We have breaking news Whoa. regarding uh, the Milwaukee Bucks here. And uh, and Giannis, as uh, well, my phone then just kicked it out of there. So now I got a, a little bit of uh, it's not going to give me the right thing. There, what I saw, there's no structural damage to the knee for Giannis. That's the, the first part of the, the tweet there from Woj. Timetable is unclear. So again, from Woj and Zach Lowe, Giannis has no structural damage in left knee, but timetable for return is unclear. Guys, that's not a. Uh, I know this is hockey talk here, but that's not a bad way to uh, have in the news come through here. I don't know when he'll be back, but no structural damage is a great first start, right, guys? Absolutely. I think you know when you saw him go off the court, and when he put, the, I think uh, someone mentioned made a comment about what, see if he can put any weight on the on the foot, and he did, was able to put weight on there and walk almost without anybody helping him. You know, a hyperextended knee. Obviously, you can see it going back backwards. And something like that, given if there's no structural damage, you might be able to tape. Certainly, he's not going to be 100%, but you could tape it so it prevent it from going back that same way. So uh, I think that's probably uh, something he can do, and he, depending on the nature of the game, probably not sure you're going to see him or not. Uh, yeah, and uh, let me just get back quickly. I didn't cut off the folks at Stoughton Health, so I want to get back and talk about them. And then we'll get the, the hockey talk here, and we'll talk more about uh, the Giannis injury as well, but we do have Barry Richter on the show, so we want to make sure that we uh, talk to Barry as well. But Stoughton Health, creating excellence together. Their team over there does a fantastic job, uh, including Dr. Ravel and the ortho team. Maybe Giannis will go see Dr. Ravel and the ortho team at Stoughton Health. They can help you get back in the game from Student Athletes Week and Warriors. Your ortho team at Stoughton Health is there when you need them. Learn more at StoughtonHealth.com. Stoughton Health, creating excellence together. Well, Pat and Barry, I will let you get back. Montreal, Tampa, uh, NHL, the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I'll let you guys talk a little bit about that. Hey, Jim, I just decided what uh, NIL uh, company I want to associate myself with. I want to go with Stoughton Medical with Dr. Ravel. <laughs> right, yeah. Given all the knees and injuries and things like that, I may take care of it. So. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Barry, obviously with the uh, Stanley Cup, things have turned a little bit different uh, in terms of intensity. You know, the other night watching that game, it almost seemed like they were just toying with the Canadians. I mean, they were tight for a while, but it almost seems like the men against the boys, even though they've each had tough series, 
just seems like Tampa Bay has got the, got the horses in terms of the strength and skill and uh, the goaltending, and it's already tough for Montreal to uh, kind of catch up in terms of what's going on. And you can see kind of face of one of the players that kind of face planted on the ice in terms of kind of says the whole thing about that series so far anyway. Yeah, well, it's uh, and as Lee Corso says, not so fast, young fellow. So I think I think if you got to look back on the history, and, I, and I'm going to go against the grain just a little bit here, as uh, you are correct. I mean, they did, they looked like they dominated. They definitely dominated that game. They only had Montreal only had 18 shots on net, but when you look at Montreal, everyone's been they've, they've been not under underdogs the first few rounds. Everyone's counting them out from the first game for the first uh, round series against Toronto, and uh, and they've come and risen. And so when you look back on it and, and you see it, there's a reason why it's a four out of seven. That's just one game, but it's also it is a little bit of troubling of, uh, to see the, just the depth of uh, Tampa Bay and, and how they sort of manhandled them in that game. But when you, uh, what, what Montreal needs to do, and you saw it, I mean, what uh, Tampa Bay, I mean, their best goal scorer right now, or one of the best, is Braden Point. If you watch the one of the plays, Cole Caulfield came down. He tried to make a cute pass over the blue line. Guess who was back checking? Braden Point, boom, turn around, transition the other way, and they scored a goal. And so that's one thing that their the interim coach, Luke Richardson, is saying is you gotta, you got to manage that puck a lot better, especially when you're on the road. you got to make it really difficult. And the best defense is, uh, is 200 feet away from the goaltender, right, and playing offense and just making sure getting it down low. So a lot of turnovers in game one by Montreal, very uncharacteristic. And like I said, Cole Caulfield, Tyler Toffoli, and Suzuki line was a minus three against Braden Point's line. So look for that matchup to be a little bit different tonight. Yeah, well, there's only so much you can do. Maybe uh, indicate to the people out there the rules with respect to making changes and things like this or your home and away. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the reason, so it all comes down to whoever's won the most games who has the biggest winning percentage in, during the season, and that's the team that gets the four games or, or at least uh, they get many, the, the, the home ice advantage, so to speak. So Tampa Bay right now, they got the home ice advantage. They're, they're started off the series. They got two games at home. And they get the last change. So when you see the referee hold up their hand, that means Tampa Bay can make that change. If they, if the Canadians have put out a, a certain line, maybe it's a defensive line, maybe the, maybe Tampa Bay is going to put out their defensive line against them and try to you know go offense against offense like they did that last game. And, and they really exposed it. I mean, they really did in terms of taking advantage of that line change. So anytime the referee puts up his hand, you'll see John Cooper, coach of Tampa Bay Lightning, he'll put out – and they want their certain matchups, no doubt about it. Well, it certainly uh, seems that, uh, with respect to uh, Carey Price, the goaltender at uh, Montreal, you know, it seems like when things start going south, things go badly, and you know, somebody will deflect it here, will flick it over the over the shoulder here, do things that just really are things you can't really count on from a good goaltender. It kind of minimalizes their minimizes their opportunity to make the stops, but. You know, the guy that really has impressed me so far is Kucherov. Here's a guy that I think he was out the whole last year, didn't play at all, and now he's got an incredible amount of points for these playoff games. But he looks like a really – and he looks like he's a good-sized guy as well, but really massive in terms of the impact he's had on the game as long as Stamkos. Well, he's, just a, he's, a, he's a threat, uh, not only passing the puck and being very crafty, and setting things up, he's uh, just one of those elite world-class players that you put on the power play that can find the different seams, just the way they make that puck dance around, and they try to find Braden Point in that soft spot, 
and the high slot and the power play, it just it's masterful. And you look at his, his shot too that he had. We're going going against the grain, almost a la Wayne Gretzky, going to his left and then shooting back to the right upper corner. You know, just picking picking everything. So they Tampa Bay just has an extreme amount of depth. And when you look at uh, Montreal and you, you have their defensive core, you have probably four really good defensive de- defensive defensemen. And then you look at Tampa Bay, and you got six. I mean, it's just, and then you only do have six uh, that you're playing in one game at one time. Ryan McDonough, I saw this stat the other day. Ryan McDonough is the smallest defenseman at six one two twenty. So you can imagine how you know it is in, in uh, with Cole Caulfield and Suzuki and uh, and Toffoli, who are smaller forwards, going up against those big boys. Well, you kind of took a little bit of what I was going to ask you a question of. You know, it's good because somebody from Wisconsin is going to be on the winning uh, Stanley Cup team, either McDonough or Caulfield. But uh, McDonough's been around a long time. I Now you mentioned his size. What makes him as good a defenseman? You play defense. What does he do that makes him so special that he's been around for a long time? Well, yeah, I, I look at him as a tough two-way defenseman. So he's he's extremely strong. If you just watch and you put sort of your own camera on him during the games and you see him wrapping up players and the way he pushes them around and how strong he is, uh, he is just he's just really balanced well on his skates. The second thing is he's he's blocking a lot of shots. He's eating pucks on a on a game by game basis for the team and just a tough nosed player. And that takes guts. To sit there in front of Shane, Shea Weber's one timer that's going about 100 miles an hour, and it's also timing. It's a, it's it's art, and and that's one thing that Marco Siki, uh, associate head coach of the Badgers, who I played with, was phenomenal at. And so those are the things. And but he all can he also can pass, and he also has great outlet passes. So there's an the offensive flair, and he's on the second power play of the team. And so he's just a good all around defense, and very very underrated in what he does in terms of the game. I know Nicholas Head. Hedman does get the accolades of number seventy-seven. He's six foot four, six foot five, big defenseman. But Ryan McDonough, for for my for my dollar, is is really a true two-way defenseman that can stop their offensive threat. You know, not much has been made of it, but uh, you've been around a lot of coaches and places like that. Now you've got Luke Richardson, who's a kind of an interim coach. Uh, kind of, well, cover coach is recovering. Ducharme is covering from COVID. How much of, they're not talking about that hardly at all. How much of an impact is that coaching at that level and at that level of a game? Well, I find it. I mean, you talk about ever since he's taken over. I mean, he's he's done a heck of a job with the with the team, and I know they've been doing some Zoom calls with Ducharme that have come in and, and maybe pregame meetings, and he's and he's tried to get on the video and 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 greet the players, but it's just not the same. So obviously Luke Richardson has something there that the players are elevating their game. They're playing as a team. They're buying into what he has to say. He is he's a leader. He was a tough-nosed defenseman, big guy that played in the NHL back in the uh, 80s and 90s. And uh, and so I, there's something there that's something with him that he's going to actually probably be up on the short list of if there's coaching jobs available, just what he's done here in the playoffs with that team. I mean, they have not fallen off, and they actually have gotten better, and they've, they've won the, the third-round series underneath them in critical games. So there's something there with Luke Richardson that he's done that uh, he's going to be uh, you know, up on other GM's lists you know, if something goes awry with their other coaches. Well, it was good to see that today that uh, Donnie Granato got the head coaching job at Buffalo, took the interim tag off of him and gave it to him to be the head coach. Uh, 
I know you've you've been played with him and been around him, and you always thought very highly of him. What makes him such a, a good coach? Well, Donnie, uh, and just looking at these two coaches and, and actually the semifinal coaches, uh, they didn't play in the NHL, or at least these two coaches did not play in the NHL, uh, you know, Ducharme and, and Cooper right now. And, and Donnie Granado did not play in the NHL, but with Donnie Granado, and I played with him a couple of years here at Wisconsin, and he just comes from that fa- uh, fabulous Granado family tree. He's just the absolute student and rink rat of the game. And what he does, he connects with young players. And this is a young player's game right now. This is a lot of players are in their 20s. It's a speed game. He coached at the U.S. developmental team. Uh, he coached Austin Matthews there. I remember him talking about Austin Matthews and what a wonderful player he was and to watch out for this kid. So this, Donnie can connect with the younger players, and he knows the, the, the new game, right? And the game has changed so much in terms of speed, and skill where there's not clutching and grabbing anymore. So the style has changed. You got to make it fun, but you also have to have communication with younger players. Old school stuff is out. You got to have communication with players and make sure that uh, you have a great relationship with them. Donnie does that. How much uh, off now? This are will this season coming up uh, be back on the track? Then the timetable will be they'll start a little earlier, quickly after the Stanley Cup. Will that get them back in sync with the normal schedule is? Yeah, it sounds like it. And maybe it might be two weeks a little bit late, but uh, it sounds like things are going to try to get back on track. Um, recently I heard something, maybe it was a, uh, some news came out about Batman and the players maybe not going to play in the Olympics. Uh, that That's some, something to be aware of that might be hanging out there. So I know it's tough because when you go the distance in the playoffs, then all of a sudden you turn, you got to turn around in two months. You really, it takes about a month, a month and a half for your body to properly heal. And then you got to get back training again. And so, but they're almost there. I mean, you saw it, you know, obviously they finished like in August, I think it was last year and they moved this up. We're going to finish in July and well, maybe next year we can finish in late May. Maybe to wrap up, you know, you played Olympics, uh, Lillehammer, and how much of a difference is it when your college kids are playing against the uh, the pros from Russia and Canada and things like this? And that uh, there's a big difference there, I would guess. Yeah, I think I remember telling you, Dad, that it was like uh, almost like Rocky against Ivan Drago. <laughs> it's like when you're playing against these these Russians, uh, you know, back in the '90s, is that. Uh, you know, there is something a little bit different with these professionals. Uh, they're they're bigger, stronger. Uh, something about them. Uh, hey, maybe something a little legal about it too. You know, as we all have seen that have come out recently about the Olympics and Sochi and everything. But the, it is a big difference between amateurs and professionals. And and they, uh, unlike uh, the Canadian teams and the U.S. teams in the Olympics, these these national teams from other countries, they're, they're playing with each other like all the time. So. Uh, they know each other, they have systems in place, whereas you're sort of concocting a team to get together for a couple months to play in the Olympics. It is really, really difficult. To, uh, as a, you know, the, the team chemistry is a, a big part of success. So who knows what's going to happen? I'm sure uh, Team USA will have to maybe uh, take a look at what their top 25 are that are non-professionals or maybe those that are not playing in the NHL, and they got to have a you know plan B, so to speak, if the top U.S. players can't play. Well, okay, well, I guess that'll wrap it up for the week. We'll look forward to next week knowing a little bit more about the Stanley Cup. Uh, back to you, Jim. All right, yeah, Barry, thanks for hopping on. Pat, we're going to keep you. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the man.
June is Pride Month and Good Karma Brands is celebrating with you. Good Karma believes that the diversity of our voices in our community makes us stronger. Acknowledging the struggles and celebrating how far we've come is our path to moving forward. Good Karma, celebrating with pride, the uniqueness in all of us. Music. This is the Bucks fan should be happy that Giannis does not have any structural damage to his knee. Now, I wouldn't bet on him playing this year, but if he tore his ACL, he's out for the all of next season, essentially. That's accurate. Kevin Durant style. So, not a bad day. Not the best day, though. I'll take it. I already, yesterday was the bad day. Today is good news. This is Pat Richter's show. Pat. Uh, before we get uh, back into the show, I'll quickly tell everyone about Oak Park Place. They offer seniors and their loved ones peace of mind. Find the right balance of care that you need centered around your lifestyle. Move to a community with neighbors that become like family. Enjoy the comforts of your apartment with an abundance of events just outside your door. Choose the fit that is right for you from independent living to assisted living, memory care, and short-term rehabilitation. Oak Park Place with locations on Madison's east side in the Nicoma neighborhood, Janesville, and Baraboo. Visit oakparkplace.com to learn more. Uh, Pat, uh, let's get the sounds of the week. I'm sure we'll address this, Giannis, throughout sounds of the week. These are the sounds of the week on the Pat Richter Show. Brought to you by Simden Chevrolet in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. So let's do that. Let's talk Giannis. Uh, Pat, I want to start with the happening ted davis on the bucks radio network last night when the injury occurred for Giannis antetokounmpo lou williams lob it to capella put it in and Giannis is down Giannis is down on the floor oh my gosh Oh, my gosh. I mean, that that's kind of the feeling all of us Bucks fans had last night, right, Pat? I mean, the, the air just sucked out of State Farm Arena. That was an awful lot of restraint, the language you used, put it that way. <laughs> uh, I don't think I could have done that. But it was actually watching it on television, probably we reacted quicker and faster because we could see it a little bit more graphic on that. And certainly what it looked like, to me, it looked like it was the type of thing where you get in a fracture and certainly an ACL or MCL tear and things like this. Certainly it was, it was hyperextended. There's no question about that. But he's the type of guy that uh, sucks it up and goes through everything. And for him to be in such pain and writhing on the floor, you knew it had to hurt. And uh, yeah. and for a guy that's, you know, obviously like that, the, the career flashes in front of your eyes. And uh, certainly glad to hear that it wasn't structural. Next. No doubt about it, Pat. Let's go over to Coach Bud. I mean, this is a, a bad situation for any coach to be in, but a lot of NBA coaches been in this position, it seems, this postseason, their star player going down. Here's what Coach Mike Bootenholzer had to say following the Game 4 loss for Milwaukee. Yeah, you know, I mean, they had a lot of guys play well tonight, um, you know, for really the whole game. So, um, you know, credit to Atlanta. Uh, they played well from the start. They played well um, coming off the, you know, the, the injury, um, you know, so we just, we got to be better on both ends. Um, you know, our group will gather, our group, the character of it will, will come through um, and we're going home. It's two to two, we're going back to Milwaukee. Yeah, he sounds disappointed, doesn't he, Pat? Yeah, absolutely. He's disappointed. And I think that uh, 
you know, players will come through. I guess that's the one big question mark. Certainly, you know, everybody probably watch uh, Charles Barkley after the game is over, and Charles is a huge Bucks fan, but he certainly hits it on the mark when he says, you know, there's just uh, times you got to step on their throat and uh, and then pull it off. And this is going to really put the test to see who you got there. What if, in fact, going forward, what kind of a players do you need to have? I mean, Portis gives you that kind of energy, and right. maybe you don't get all the shooting and scoring that you might get, but you get the kind of emotion that you need. I mean, this is the emotional game, and something like that happens. It's it's huge, and now you're going to have to pull together, and, and I was kind of putting myself in Buddles and position today, just saying, what are you going to do in terms of strategy, in terms of uh, defense, things like this? Is Young going to play? And uh, how much you think you might get out of Giannis? Giannis is not going to, people are not going to worry about him as much as they did, and he may not be a, as much of a help as you think. So other guys are going to step up. This is an opportunity to get yourself in front of a lot of people and play play well and uh, have an opportunity in a lifetime. Next smooth transition, Pat. Let's hear from Charles Barkley on TNT last night. They got good basketball players, but they don't have killers. Like they and and their leadership is not and the, and the leadership don't push the right buttons to, to to hold them accountable. They doing stupid stuff that they did the last three years. You know when Giannis shot that air ball in the first quarter from three, I'm like, oh, because I would find him every time he shot a three in the first quarter. Cause that tells me, like, hey, listen, late in something, like in the third quarter, fourth quarter, we got the lead. But if you come out and you know, number one, you're not a good free throw shooter, and you're not a good three point shooter, and in the first quarter you jack one up and hit the side, you don't even hit the backboard. It tells me, you're like, yo, man, this dude, somebody ain't saying, yo, man, take the ball to the basket every single day. Yeah, so Charles Barkley essentially saying uh, what my friend Jim Rutledge has been saying, the conductor of the Fire Bud train has been saying the last couple of weeks. These players aren't stepping up, and that's definitely a concern going forward, especially if there's going to be no Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, and it seems like Giannis is all for it. I mean, he he talks about getting others involved and things like that. I mean, he's he's on board with that. He understands that. He, he doesn't like to take a shot and, and have an air ball and – I, I really feel for him on the free throw line. My God, I mean, a couple of air balls on the free throw line. I think he should start to shoot jump jump shots there. At least you get some practice for shooting a jump shot. I mean, from life, I mean, I, people that shoot free throws just standing there, and that's an unorthodox way of shooting anyway. You don't take a shot like that during a game, so why not shoot a jump shot? Somebody's tried that. But I think that uh, Charles is right on, and, and he tempered his comments. Usually he gets pretty excited about things. And, Relambass him, but I think he did it in the right sort of way, and he was right on target. Yeah, I mean, Barkley hit the nail on the head here. This team, like earlier, he called them a super talented team, but they were dumb. Uh, he's not giving a lot of credit to Budenholzer. Uh, I, I think it's just, and up until now, it's Budenholzer's time because when they had Giannis, it was war of attrition. Everyone else was falling off. Bucks had the best players, and the Bucks, the best players in the end would win out. But now, if you're facing teams with equal players with no Giannis. Uh, Atlanta, that's probably equal. And now when you play the Suns, uh, I don't know when Giannis would be back, but I would imagine it's at least a month here for, for Giannis. They're definitely overmatched uh, talent-wise by the Suns or the Clippers. Yeah, no doubt about that. If you're just joining us here on the Pat Richter Show, breaking news brought to you by Metro Key of Madison. From Adrian Wojnarowski, there is no structural damage to Giannis Antetokounmpo's left knee after his awkward landing last night in Atlanta. Ligaments are sound. Timetable to return is unclear. But even with that, Pat, 
Stephen A. Smith says the Bucks can still win this series. It dramatically changes the complexion of the series because if Trey Young is able to come back, obviously you expect that to be a plus and an infusion for the Atlanta Hawks. But it, I mean, this, just imagine what the absence of Giannis Antetokounmpo would do to Milwaukee Bucks. Now we've got to look at what Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday is made of and what they're worth because against the Atlanta Hawks, even though the Atlanta Hawks, when hitting shots, is a very lethal team capable of beating anybody left in these playoffs, the fact remains that with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday on the floor, there is still no excuse why you shouldn't be able to win a game without Giannis at the Tacumpo, and that's how, that has to be the mindset for the Milwaukee Bucks. You have to win a game, or you should be able to win a game, he says, with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. They're Olympians. They should be able to win this series. Pat, are, are you sharing that sense of optimism that Stephen A. Smith has? Well, I don't know if it's optimism. I think it's practicality. It's an understanding what, what they do have in terms of, I'm not sure he's optimistic they can flip the switch, but they should sure have the ability to do that. And I think that that's, uh, that's an opportunity. Now you've got five guys that are not going to be looking for 34 He's not going to be there. They're going to have to start constructing their own game. Middleton's going to have to come to play. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guys are going to have to have a lot more energy than they had before and certainly hope the fans have the same kind of energy. But I think Stephen A. is is exactly right as well. I mean, I I think you say Giannis has not been a three-point shooter. He drives, and then if you pack it in like the Heat did and things like that, he's charging. You know, there's some effectiveness that he loses there, certainly from the standpoint of the dunks and, and the uh, rebounding and things like this. And the, the spin moves are going to be pro- productive, but uh, that can't carry the whole game. Those are two-pointers. And so they just sit back, and if he wants to take a three, fine. You don't even have to f- follow him. But if you want to follow him, you may got a good chance of him missing two out of three. That was Sounds of the Week. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin, the man. NBA playoffs continue. After dropping two straight, the Hawks bounce back to tie the series with the Bucks up at two. Now we return to Milwaukee for a pivotal game five. Thursday on Madison's home of the Bucks, 100.5 ESPN. A little more celebratory there, Alex. I like that for the music today. Giannis on to... Giannis is out. I'm not even going to bother. I threw off my rhythm. Giannis is out, uh, but it's a non-structural injury for his left knee. So timetable for return is uncertain, but the the main part here, no torn ACL, no torn MCPCL. I mean, you know, the Twitter doctors, literal doctors on Twitter who chime in say, you know, Joel Embiid had a very similar injury. That was a month. We're probably... Here's where I'm at with this, and quickly I'll tell you about J&K Security Solutions, and then we'll we'll get back into it. If you need to protect your home or business, there's only one call to make. That's the J&K Security Solutions. J&K, they work hard to protect the things that matter most in your life. For more information, call 255-5799 or visit jksecurity.com. With the, uh, with the injury, I, I don't – Pat, you can hop in here. I don't want to push it. We all saw Durant against the Raptors after the Bucks fell out couple years ago and the Raptors won that series uh, and Durant blew out his Achilles and missed the the entire following season. Durant had an injury before that. I want no part of pushing Giannis here and hopefully the Bucks listen to their medical staff more than they listen to Giannis back because that's an, that's an injury that I mean is it worth let's assume a month so we're talking maybe maybe he could get like game six or seven the NBA finals I don't think I don't think it's worth it. Conditioning is probably not there. I I 
I, I, I would assume he's done for the rest of the season. Well, I think you're probably pretty close to that. You know, the difference here, of course, is when you see it, is the knee when it moved, it moved front to back versus sideways where you get into the ligament damage. Uh, the uh, hyperextended knee means just that. It means that the muscles have been stretched a little bit in terms of the back and front of the knee. And, uh, and it's, it's uncomfortable. And I think that that's why I mentioned about taping so you can keep it prevented from going backwards if you're a certain thing, but that's going to restrict your movement. And, of course, everything he does about his game is a lot of that is movement. So the question is how much he can help you. I think certainly you want to try to make sure that saying people tell the team, he's not going to have him here. We're going to have to do it ourselves. If you get a couple of minutes out of him, fine. But I think you go into the game telling the team flat out that we can't do it with it with him. He's not going to be here. We have to do it ourselves. So suck it up and let's get going. And that's probably the best approach to take because, uh, you know, they're still going to have to go to Atlanta. you got obviously two to one. But in Milwaukee, if they could pull that one off tomorrow, and fine, and maybe then you rest him. But I think you try to do that if at all possible, because in terms of the long term, you know, he just signed that contract this year, and it's not worth taking any uh, any chances with him. That's for sure. Yeah, you want long long term health. Uh, on the flip side here, Pat, we'll wrap up the show. Uh, the Brewers are uh, on fire right now. For a while, they were off. Now they're on fire again. Uh, we'll see if things flip back uh, somewhere in the middle for them. But they today, I think we're down. Maybe even seven to nothing or seven to three at one point. Uh, they're in the top of the six, up fourteen to seven over the Cubs. Looks like two teams heading in two different directions. Are you kidding me? I, I was not in. I was listening to the radio at a store I was at, and they said that I think uh, uh, Urias just did a, a home run to make it seven to three, and it was fourteen to seven. I mean, that's hard to believe. But they really got great confidence. I just I'm disappointed Vogelbach can't take part in it because. He was a very important part to get it to this stage, and uh, it's great to see it because they're having fun, and they got a lot of really good young players, and that's terrific. Yeah, it, it is, and uh, they'll, they could be buyers. I've heard different names floated out there for them. We'll have to talk more about that uh, next week. Pat, we uh, we always appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on. We'll catch up more next week. Okay, Jim. Talk to you next week. Yeah, have a good 4th of July. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Thanks to Pat Richter for joining the show. Thanks to Barry Richter for joining the show as well. Again, breaking news from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, the Woj Bomb brought to you by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealer. Giannis has no structural damage to his left knee. Timetable for his return is unknown, but the key part here is he uh, did not tear an ACL. It's not a nine-month recovery here. So hopefully he can make it back healthy. I don't care when it is. I much would rather lean on the side of making him feel and uh, his knee feel great uh, as opposed to uh, anything else. This has been the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, ESPN app, Amazon, on the man.